Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, a couple of bits of news just came in this morning. Uh, one British, British Prime Minister, Liz uh, Truss, just announced she's done. She's resigning after a big six weeks in office. Uh, as a prime minister. She thought she was Margaret Thatcher. Uh, didn't work. Uh, she thought she was Ronald Reagan. Uh, didn't work. Because uh, first of all, she's not. And second of all, it's a very different financial world. Uh, she was cutting taxes. I mean, she went uh, the Laffer curve like crazy. She said, okay, taxes, uh, we're cutting corporates. Wealthy people uh, are going to do better because that means uh, that uh, the... Uh, Poor people do better. It uh, doesn't work that way. Um, uh, and Kevin DeLeon uh, says he will not resign. I'm going to have a great time with that one at 7.50. Oh, believe me. Uh, yes. Politics at his best. Now, uh, let's talk about something that is not particularly wonderful but necessary. And this has to do with the public health workforce. Now, uh, the public health people, uh, L.A. County uh, Department of of Health, for example, uh, you've got Long Beach, its own health department. Pasadena has its own health department. Some cities don't, and they uh, deal with L.A. County within the county. So it's a mix all over the place. But I'll tell you what's not a uh, a mix. There ain't enough money, but it gets a little bit more than that. Uh, during the decade before the 2000 or the, during the decade after the 2008 recession, here's no surprise. State funding for public health dropped 64%. Uh, yeah. Now COVID it went the other way. Funding boosted the budgets of local public health departments. Uh, and, uh, where are we now? Well, the exodus of staff, there aren't people working. It's not unusual. Uh, for there's a shortage. Now, your local restaurant suffering, okay, maybe closing down, that hurts. Uh, when there aren't enough people in public health, that hurts at a magnitude because, you know, how, how important is the public health and what they do is it's all over the place. And uh, so let me tell you typically what's happening. Uh, one public health department, a two-year search for a lab director. Uh, 63 retirements or resignations of public uh, health leaders uh, in California since the pandemic began. Right now, uh, L.A. County, more than 100 current public health nursing vacancies. And what's happening is uh, public health all over California is tired, strained, uh, leaving like crazy, 
And after the pandemic, there was a ton of money put in. The influx of money was was pretty good. Uh, and uh, problem is that's done. And now, even though there's infrastructure that's been set up, what do they do with it? Well, they have to hire like crazy. But there aren't enough people because these are trained positions. You just don't walk in and become a public health official and say, well, here I am. No one is willing to do it. Well, it's not a question of no one is willing to do it. Uh, There aren't enough trained people because there was no money into the system. There was no hiring because there was no money to hire until COVID. And, for example, how do you get a degree in public health since COVID when you couldn't go to school, incidentally? Uh, So all of a sudden, now they need these trained people, and there aren't any, and the money isn't there, although it is coming in. Well, let me give you an example. It's uh, what's uh, happening. First of all, uh, Long Beach Health and Human Service Director uh, Kelly, uh, uh, is it uh, Kalapi? My glasses are uh, tearing up here. Uh, uh, Says, our funding is supposed to be about planning for future emergencies, but Here's the way it works. We don't get the money until after the disaster happens. Then we get plenty of money, but we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We don't have people. We don't have the infrastructure, but we have plenty of money in the bank. That's problematic. So uh, a coalition of local health departments have been calling on the state. Let's have a comprehensive workforce study to figure this out. And the California legislature uh, set that up, passed a bill. The governor vetoed it. Gavin Newsom vetoed that bill. He'll what? Well, what he said is we already have enough money and we already know what's going on. Thank you. I mean, there's plenty of money in the ongoing funding, but then what do you deal with? I mean, is it that simplistic? Uh, It is not. Uh, Donna Ferguson, laboratory director of the Monterey County Health Department, says it takes time and continuous funding. It it took 20 years of decreasing funding to get where we're at now. It is going to take a decade or more to ramp up. And she brings up uh, what happened at her county health uh, department. Half of her laboratory staff are student interns or temporary workers. Uh, who were paid for with emergency funding, COVID funding. So the pandemic hits, and uh, she has three microbiologists and three assistants. And you know how many tests at the beginning of uh, COVID they were able to process a day? 20. 20 tests per day. Now, uh, by the end of it, uh, they were able to process 2,000 tests a day, Uh, The equipment was better. Uh, They got six more assistants. But that's typical. I mean, this is the way government works. And the problem with county health is it's the health department. I mean, we're talking about a lot of people being affected. And here's here's what health departments do. Let me tell you what their duties are. Uh, Communicable disease response, COVID. uh, Community immunizations maternal and child health, chronic disease management, emergency response, environmental health service like food and water safety, 
you know, that is, uh, you don't care about that. You go into a restaurant, for example, and there's that uh, that sign with the blue lettering, and it says uh, this restaurant has a Z rating. And uh, what you certainly want to eat that. They actually serve the rats that they found in the corners of the restaurant. You want county health to go in there and figure out if it's safe to eat. All of this is county health. And it is just a mess. And is there a way out of it? Yeah, of course. Spending the money, taking the time uh, to train, but it takes a long time. It takes years. Uh, it has to be planning in advance. It has to be proactive planning, prophylactic planning. And we just don't do that very well. It's just a think set. Why? Because politicians who fund this, uh, you know, planning for something that's to happen five years from now it doesn't get you elected. Fixing the potholes right now get you elected. I don't know if you ever saw the Andromeda Strain. Terrific movie. Uh, I think it was Michael Crichton, who's a great writer. Uh, is By the way, he was a doctor. Did you know that? An ophthalmologist. And he uh, who started writing in uh, med school. In any case, the Andromeda Strain was about this virus. Now, it happened to come from outer space. So, I mean, that's pretty out there. Uh, but it also talked about the lab uh, that they work. And that's what this story is about, is uh, the story of these laboratories where research is done. So let me throw uh, a scenario at you. Uh, the uh, Omicron, uh, Omicron variant of uh, COVID-19 is more transmissible. We know that, uh, but less deadly. And uh, that's the savior. Now, uh, that's a good thing. But uh, this thing has already killed more than 6.5 million people around the world. Uh, if you put the two together, now you have more transmissible, more deadly, and you've got a real problem. And so what happened at Boston University, uh, the scientists there decided uh, that uh, they're going to try to engineer a new COVID virus. And it's called the Omicron S-bearing virus. As contagious as Omicron and far more deadly, uh, it was created in a lab. And that's a little scary, to say the least, uh, but it happens all the time. We see this in uh, both science fiction movies, medical movies, and we read about it because this is very real. Now, why do they do this? Well, uh, some obvious stuff uh, to try to create uh, the virus for studying, just in case a virus like this breaks out. They're going to study how to kill it, how to deal with it, uh, and uh, whether it exists or not, trying to match it with a virus out there. And these are all held and researched in what is called uh, BSL-3 labs, Biological Safety Level 3. And these are, you've seen these underground labs, that's science fiction. But these labs that have a lot of safety features to them, you know, reverse um, uh, air pressure so nothing gets out. Uh, everybody dresses in surgical garb and they shower uh, before walking in. You've seen all of those. Uh, but, you know, uh, there's a real possibility this stuff gets out. And it has happened. Oh, thank you very, in areas where it wasn't to such an extent of security. But it's there. Oh, there's only one more level, uh, incidentally. There's BSL-4. And these are where some of the most dangerous drugs that exist on the planet. And if it gets out, 
Uh, we're talking pandemics that existed in the past that have killed tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people around the world. Uh, smallpox, for example. You know, smallpox has been eradicated. It's done. It still exists in a couple of these labs. And you have other uh, variant diseases that are studied in these labs. These BSL-3 and 4 labs. So there's a move right now. And uh, we're hearing about it because a lot of money is being put into medical research because of COVID. Uh, and the scientists are worried that every time uh, they engineer a more contagious, deadlier version of a virus, and it's usually viruses because they can't be treated very, very well, bacterial infections, you throw a bunch of antibiotics uh, at them and they generally disappear, except there's some uh, uh there are some antibiotic-resistant uh, bacteria, which uh, are very difficult to treat, but there's still some super antibiotics out there that they're keeping very carefully. So that one is not as bad. Viruses, man, that's a whole different world. There is some therapeutic treatments, but when a big pandemic hits, boy, you're gone. So you have a bunch of scientists that are warning we have to be uh, more thoughtful, more careful in making these diseases, uh, creating them that are not not only more transmissible uh, and more lethal simultaneously. And this is an interesting discussion because it really has to do with safety. Basically, that's it. I mean, no uh, mad scientists or group of mad scientists are uh, sitting out there trying to figure this out and releasing it to the world, you know, much like uh, the conspiracy theorists are thinking, you know, it was the... COVID was created in a lab in Hunan, China, and released purposely, and look what happened. I mean, that doesn't exist. But uh, the fact is that these viruses are being created. That does exist. And the security is about as tight as you can get, you know, BSL-3, BSL-4. And what if they do get out? Now, here is the moral question. Do you simply not do it? for fear of a, a an outbreak that, I mean, is serious. Millions of people are going to be affected. This isn't just one or two. The fear is not one person getting infected. Matter of fact, there is one incidence in which uh, COVID was uh, one of these variants of COVID. Thank goodness not the newest one, but a variant of COVID that was being studied. Uh, it was done, a study was done in mice, and a, uh, a worker was bitten by one of the mice and 110 people were exposed and got COVID, but it was contained. And it was not this super deadly COVID uh, variant. And so it has happened. And uh, here's the scary part. Okay, uh, We're pretty good here in the Western world about this. I mean, labs here in the United States, uh, labs in uh, England, France, even Russia are pretty careful. Uh, but research that was published earlier this year, and this is why uh, the scare is so big, uh, there are nearly 60 uh, BSL level four labs in operation or under construction or planned in 23 countries around the world. 75% of them are in urban areas. I don't know where the closest one is here. Usually they're at, uh, connected to major universities, but let's say one's at UCLA. You're all going to die. 
our listenership is going to drop dramatically because you'll be dead by next week. And you don't have to worry about it. Just wanted to, you know, it's one of those stories that I guess I wanted to scare the crap out of you. And I don't know if I succeeded or not, but it's um, scare the crap out of you morning that we're celebrating uh, right here. The ads have broken. Last night I was, uh, I, I think I was watching a documentary. And uh, it's uh, one of the platforms, I don't remember which one, uh, that had commercials uh, in it, which drives me crazy because the whole point of uh, the streaming services is no commercials, right? Now it's commercials. Fewer, but still commercials, and it's growing. Uh, Also, I was watching the news. Uh, I don't know if you watch national news. Last night, it happened to be ABC News. And, of course, they have commercials. Usually the commercials on uh, the major network news is for people who, for example, have erectile dysfunction uh, or have medical problems. Uh, you know, they have uh, diabetes and here's a new drug or they have psoriasis. Here's a new drug or they have oily stools and uh, here's a new drug. It was all political. One after the other after the other Everything from candidates' own ads, hey, I'm great, I'm terrific, vote for me, to uh, mudslinging against the other candidate. Usually it's the PACs who buy the bad mudslinging ads. And they always run the pictures of uh, the other candidates, uh, the other side, these horrible pictures that you see in the National Enquirer when they're trying to make people look bad. And uh, she is dangerous for California. She is going to cost you. She's not competent or he's not competent. You know, that sort of thing uh, that happens all the time. And if you look carefully, uh, the two big issues that are really being talked about, uh, Republicans versus Democrats, uh, there are two elections going on. One having nothing to do with the other. For the Democrats, it's abortion. Your rights are being taken away. Uh, We don't want a bunch of white men deciding for us, women talking, uh, what we can do with our bodies. A little hypocrisy in the position of uh, the pro-life folks. Uh, Government show or pro-life amongst uh, legislators, old men, old white guys deciding what's going to happen. We don't want business. We don't want government involved in our business. It has no ability and it should not, it has no business being in our business. Well, except for abortion, then the government should be all over the place. Now, granted, it's a big difference because they're looking at abortion as murder. So it gets a lot more complicated than that. And there's, there is a moral position they're taking. I mean, there's no issue about that. So the issue for the Democrats is abortion. Uh, try to galvanize, engage women, uh, because I don't think the Republicans realize the backlash, backlash amongst women after Dobbs, after overturning Roe v. Wade, and the Democrats are taking full advantage of that. So, Democrats, abortion. Republicans, inflation. That's it. Abortion doesn't exist. They don't refute the issues. They don't talk about it. They don't defend their position. It simply doesn't exist. That's all. So here are the Republicans. Inflation, the economy. And of course, whose fault is it? Joe Biden's. 
because you always blame uh, the president who happens to be uh, in power uh, for all of the ills. And it's sort of a secondary hit because they're not going after Biden per se. Biden's not running. What they're doing is going after Democrats who are associated with Biden and saying, you support Biden, therefore you support inflation or you support the man who has created inflation, even though inflation is a hell of a lot more complicated than that, which is why Democrats are distancing themselves, a lot of them. You're not, you're not seeing a whole lot of invitations for uh, Joe Biden to appear at uh, these uh, campaign rallies for Democrats. You know, the number one Democrat who is out there that every single Democratic uh, candidate wants, Barack Obama. That's it. You give me Barack and I'm going to do well because Barack Obama, actually, he is uh, what Ronald Reagan was to the Republicans. Probably not to that extent, but he is the Ronald Reagan politically to uh, the Republicans. That's Barack Obama to the Democrats. So be prepared for an election in which it's two different elections. One side said, this is where we are. The other side doesn't even pretend that that's on the ballot. Or pretend uh, whoever the supporter is on the ballot. That's not the issue. It's uh, inflation. No, that's not the issue. It's abortion. It's interesting. It really is. Usually the two sides are more engaged with each other's position. Uh, Not so much this time. Not so much. Now, the other big story is uh, city councilman, uh, still city councilman, uh, Kevin DeLeon. And uh, he uh, was part of that scandal a year ago. Uh, there was a recording made of four people in a room cl- behind closed doors, council people, and then one Federation of Labor leader in which they talked about redistricting, making sure that they stay in power. Uh, through redistricting, carving up the city, and um, the racism that was there. Well, the president, Nuri Martinez, she resigned. Uh, the federation guy, he resigned. Now leaving two. One, Gil Cedillo, he's out in December, so it really doesn't matter. Kevin DeLeon, he's still there and is until 2024. So now, uh, the call for him to resign is growing. I mean, it is big. And he said yesterday, after a week having disappeared, he is not going to resign and uh, boy that drew an outcry from not only the uh, people of los angeles his constituents uh, but also all the members or at least uh, the most uh, voice uh, the most forceful of the city council members and the president even weighed in president biden yeah he should resign so he gave two television uh interviews kept on apologizing for his role I am so sorry. And the, the apologies were abject. I mean, he just kept on going and going for the apologies. I happen to think uh, the apology is for getting caught. My opinion, I think that uh, it is uh, not heartfelt in the least. I think he's just really sorry he got caught up in it. And he said, and I'm going to refer to his uh, various quotes and what he said. No, I will not resign because there's a lot of work ahead. That is correct, except not with him. Why he believes that the work ahead can't be done without him absolutely floors me. As a matter of fact, 
I'm going to go beyond that and argue that the work ahead can't be done with him. Because as soon as Nuri Martinez, who was the president of the council, resigned, then in the president pro tem then comes in as acting president. That's Mitch O'Farrell, who's another council person. And this was before uh, the election of Krikorian, who is now the council president. Well, what Mitch O'Farrell did in his very, very short tenure was uh, remove De Leon and uh, Cedillo from any committee assignment. And committees do all the work. They can't work. So we have a lot of work ahead. You can't, you're not allowed on a committee. What kind of work can you do? It's uh, it's like I, I'm sitting here behind the mic and I'm taken off the mic. I've got a lot of shows ahead of me. I've got a lot to say. You're not on the air. So here's uh, DeLeon. I have a lot of work ahead. You can't work. So uh, he intends to stay in office to help his downtown and east side district so that his constituents deserve representation. Well, there we go again. How do you uh, provide representation when you can't work? Somehow in this mind of his, he believes that he is going to provide representation even though he can't. And no one else can, even though someone else is going to be assigned and there'll be a special election. I mean, just crazy. He described the problems of COVID and homelessness and uh, rental evictions in his district, and he is going to make that happen. Um, And the city needs to heal. And he is part of that healing process. He has to help the city heal for what he did. So let me give you another analogy. Hey, someone hurts you. Uh, You have some criminal uh, hurt you, stab you, shoot you. He says, I have to help you heal. What are you talking about? You're the last person that I want to help me heal. And so, I I mean, this is delusional stuff, but it's not because he has to figure out what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Which tack do I take? You bet he's talked to some PR people, some strategists about this. Here's what you do. Here's the best way to go. Is it going to work? We don't know, but you might as well try it. So there were two interviews he did, one in Spanish uh, for Univision and one at KCAL TV, Channel 9. And uh, the bottom line is he gets $229,000 a year salary, not counting perks. And so here's a statement, one of them he's made. I am sorry. I am extremely sorry, which is why I apologize to all my people, to my entire community, for the damage caused by the painful words that were carried out uh, that day last year. And the, the uh, pushback was immediate from the other members of the council. You got to leave. Um, he sent a letter to the now president of uh, the council, Krikorian. Uh, my deepest apologies, especially to council member Mike Bonin, where uh, he, well, he was part of making fun of bon- Bonin's uh, black adopted child. I will be spending the coming weeks and months personally asking for your forgiveness. Just keeps on going and going and going. And how did he explain away that he was in the room when Nuri Martinez was uh, in the middle of those racist rants of which he agreed with? Well, um, 
At one point, De Leon, De Leon, not Nuri Martinez, suggested that Bonin used uh, his black uh, adopted son and compared it to a designer handbag that he's using his adopted son just for show. And he said, I shouldn't have made that flippant remarks. However, it was not directed towards Bonin. It was directed toward Nuri Martinez and her penchant for having luxury accessories and luxury goods. So when I make, uh, when I make fun of uh, that African-American child that was adopted by Bonin, it really wasn't making fun of the child. It was in reference to Nuri Martinez. What are you talking about? Really? And uh, he described that horrible, 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 he said three times. What a disgrace. I felt very uncomfortable during the meeting. Yeah, listen to it. And when I, were, uh, when I heard those words come out of her mouth, I felt horrible, but I failed to speak up. I failed to put a stop to it right then and there. Uh, and when he was asked during the interview, why didn't you react at all? You know, these racist rants are coming. Why didn't you react? I was shocked, completely shocked that she said that. And then uh, De Leon is uh, asked about the remarks that Martinez made about the uh, the Hawks. Uh, God, uh, I knew that word. Oaxacans. There we go. The Oaxacans in Koreatown. And and he responded. I value the Oaxacan community. I recognize the contribution the Oaxacan people have made to our society. I've always been leading at the front over civil rights and humanitarian rights and the rights of the Oaxacan community. In the meantime, she's making fun of it and uh, putting them down as stupid little people, dark-skinned. And uh, he is uh, doesn't say a word and just agrees. But he was so shocked, that's why he didn't say anything. And I know I made fun of, uh, you know, Bonin's kid. Uh, I get that, but I really didn't mean it, and I was making jokes. Is this going to work? This is politics at its worst. Just, you know, resign, fess up. You're going to resign anyway. You have no power, none. There is nothing you can do except collect your salary. And maybe that's it for the next two years. A lesson in duplicity, a lesson in politics. Coming up, the kamikaze drones uh, that Russia is using uh, coming in from Iran. I'll dive into that a little bit, no pun intended. And I will, uh, well, actually every pun intended. Get into that when we come back. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. 
Airports. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.